With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. There's everything and nothing, and nothing's a lot. There are scenes that remain, and I wish there was not. There was hope at the start, at the end it's all lost. You see, you see. What it was and what will be are two different things. There's pain in these words and the struggle it brings. All right, we are live talking about the Seattle Kraken expansion team. I'm Stephen Ellis. Joining me today, David Alter, Avery Lewis McDougall, Nick Emanuele. I got to say, this was a weird day. Uh, I think we knew there'd be some leaks, but I didn't. I don't think we expected the entire team to leak by like three o'clock. And obviously there was a, there was a couple of teams where in like Chicago and in Detroit's case, we did have to wait a while in the Chicago's case. It was kind of like a, well, we got to pick someone from the Blackhawks. Right. So uh, in the end, this is a team where I think maybe a bit underwhelming, but let, let's start with you, David, what are your thoughts on, on this team? Well, before I give you my thoughts, I'm actually going to disagree and say I did see this coming because I was actually in Vegas for the expansion draft in 2017, and there were a lot of leaks. The only reason why it didn't get talked about uh, back in 2017 was because it got mixed in with the NHL awards, so there was still news that was under a tight seal to look forward to because those are controlled by the PHWA and kept under guard, where when you give 10 hours lead time between the official submission and when they're unveiled, of course they're going to get leaked. You have to tell the players, players tell the agents, the teams uh, then are notified, and then the whole team knows. So if you have one source from any of those teams, at least one, then you can pretty much deduce it to, to pretty much everybody. So not surprised this happened. They really should have just made the lead time five or ten minutes, sacrificed not having the guys there via Zoom, and then ESPN and Sportsnet could have had a bigger payoff when it came to ratings for that show. But my thoughts on the team, look, Seattle, for two years, they were talking about all the analytical hires they were making, how they were going to approach it in that regard. And they pretty much played it on brand. Even though they had the, the Carey Price dangle marketing uh, fish like right in front of them, they didn't take the bait, so to speak. So uh, I, I think... It was perfect. Mark Giordano is, is the guy who properly is the face of that whole analytical movement because even when he was coming back into the NHL, there were a lot of traditionalists who didn't like Giordano's game, and he kind of defied that because the underlying analytics said Mark Giordano is a good defenseman. So it, it, it's almost like the chef's kiss that he was like one of the final guys out there to represent Seattle, even though it was weird for him 
Uh, this kind of went according to what Seattle has been kind of preaching in the last couple of years, which was all analytics, all, all, and, and put all those pieces together to make up your team. I will say this about the, the broadcast and obviously all the leaks in the day. Uh, I do think that we, we've talked about it on social media today. I've had a few arguments on Twitter. You, you want to get rid of the leaks tri uh, trickling out like they did? Don't allow 10 hours between the yeah. submission time. And like, like, put it this way, Seattle's had a few days to pick their team. <laughs> they probably would have enjoyed a few extra hours. If you push that all the way to 7 Eastern and then start the broadcast at 8, yeah, you, you'll still get some leaks. But you know what? Maybe you get fewer leaks, and the NHL is able to control it a little better. But in the end, what people aren't going to remember that in the long term. They're going to remember what this team looks like. And Avery, what are your thoughts on this team? You know what? I don't mind. I, I don't mind Jordan Eberle. He's someone who you know. I'm. I was surprised Islanders didn't protect him. And Seattle, good on them for taking him. He's someone who can still be a give you strong punch on the first or second line. And goaltending wise, Chris Drieger. He's someone I wrote about who I wanted Edmonton to take. He's not going to be. A goaltending face for the Kraken. So I thought from that standpoint of goaltending and I got, I got Eberle, I thought that was a great move for them to bring those guys into the Kraken. Just knocked out Avery there. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> the, 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 the one thing about this team, and I got an article coming out on the Hockey News in the morning, keep an eye on this goaltending situation. We know Chris Jeter is going to be likely there, but I don't think mm -hmm. we're going to see the other two guys ever play a game for Seattle. Vitek Vanacek's a solid guy to offer up to a different team uh, that's looking for a guy who's a cheap and expensive um, RFA or future RFA because he's got one more year in his contract. So that's an interesting one there, but we'll, we'll see what they do. Do they go Freddie Anderson? Do they go Peter Mrazek? Do they make a run and make a trade? They, they got about a million defensemen right now they can move, so we'll see. But Nick, what are your thoughts on this team right now? Yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, you know Avery and David said it best. I think it's uh, it's I guess disappointing. It's certainly anticlimactic the way we found out about all the picks. I think uh, I mean you're certainly right with all the lead up time that we had. It just it was, it was always going to happen. Um, yeah, I mean if if they ever have the thirty third team, as as Stephen was saying on Twitter today, uh, yeah, maybe don't give them 10 hours of, of lead time going into the draft. Um, you know, I, I, I would, you know, uh, echo Avery in saying that I like Jordan Everly as a pick. Uh, as someone who's watched a lot of Oilers hockey, though, you know, it's if, if he's your best offensive player or, you know, one of the uh, top offensive players, it's a little bit of a, a little bit concerning, I guess you would say, going into the year. I think certainly... Uh, you know, the back end is a lot more impressive for Seattle as it stands now. Um, I mean, I think it's important to keep in mind that the roster is, is likely going to look pretty significantly different, uh, you know, from, from where it is right now to where it's going to stand in October when supposedly the season's going to start. We assume the season's going to start. Um, yeah. You know, it's... Uh, I, I I like their defense. I think their 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 blue line looks uh, looks pretty good. You wonder who's going to score. Who knows? I got to say, there's a lot of people in the comments right now that are not a fan of this team, but I think. To a point, we almost kind of had to expect that because the real thing for this team is they didn't want to get tied in, into having all these bad contracts. I know like names like like Subban and Price, obviously Price coming off a really good uh, Stanley Cup playoff. But when you look at those contracts that they were rumored to be going after, that would be a 
really, really tough sell because this is a team that, in my mind, like the seller cap's the biggest thing they acquired today. I also wrote a couple of days ago why, you know, there's a good incentive to not be good the next couple of years. The 2022 and 2023 drafts are loaded in terms of front end talent. Like we're talking guys like Shane Wright, uh, Matt, uh, Brad Lambert, Matt Savoy, uh, Connor Bedard, Matthew Mitchkoff, Adam Fantilli. Like those are names that they can all get. And obviously, you're not guaranteed anything. Even if you come last, you're not guaranteed a first pick. But it's almost like if they're not going to go out there and be a real contender like Vegas was right away, and obviously, you look at that roster night one. Didn't really look that impressive. They had to really start building over time. And, and at the end of that season, they were a truly strong team. Obviously, they made the Stanley Cup final. Seattle, I don't think it made sense for them to kind of go that same route this time. But in, in terms of this, like look at the cap situation. Are, are you kind of how excited are you for this team, David, going into free agency? Because that that's that's a huge asset for this team. I think they're I think they're perfectly positioned to be competitive and uh, go after players that they want to do for that that point that you mentioned. The salary cap is the biggest luxury right now. I'm a little surprised that at least one trade wasn't announced on the show to kind of save it from being a non-news day. I mean, it was entertaining from who they had unveiling the selections, but apart from that. Um, like, oh, I gotta I'm say, I gotta say, we, we need an octopus going out there and announcing Detroit Red Wings picks for the rest of the time. Well, I just, I, do you call it the Mollusks Bowl when Seattle takes on Detroit? Like, I haven't figured my head around that. But anyway, so, um, but like, yeah, there's, there's a lot of moves that are going to be made. We saw that with Vegas. Like, Mark Mathot was, I think, the most notable expansion selection who was really good that was right away flipped um, at, at the 2017 expansion draft. And um, I think you're going to see Seattle being able to do a lot of deals. The one thing that, that got characterized a lot and a lot of people didn't understand the messaging was apart from Drieger or, or a couple of the other UFAs like Alexiak, like the, the whole UFA thing was like a misleading thing. Like no one was going to take all these other guys who were available just because you could claim them for four or five days or however long it is until unrestricted free agency with the only caveat being that you can give them an eighth year instead of a seven in that window. Like it just wasn't going to happen. So um, look, I, I think what they did, what Seattle did was they kept their cap low and they also acquired a ton of defense, which teams need, and they're going to be able to leverage that to get a more potent offense because they need it. That's the big hole. But that's not a surprise. The defense defense was the big asset. That's why there's that big disparity between seven forwards, three defensemen, or four and four. It's two less bodies for a reason, because defense are such a huge asset. And Seattle knows that, that they're kind of playing poker and hoarding that. Uh, and, and they're going to be able to flip that into... Uh, more tangible offensive weapons between now and then. I, I, I think Seattle is going to be competitive. I don't think they're going to necessarily bottom out to pick high in the next couple of years. I think that they see that their advantage with the cap being a situation where they can be competitive and have a low cap a la uh, Tampa Bay Rays of baseball, even though they don't have a cap, but a low payroll where when you need to pounce and you need the space available, uh, they're going to have it where other teams are just going to be stuck. This is a team that didn't really go for a lot of star power. Like, obviously, you have a guy like Carey Price, and you got a guy like Vladimir Tarasenko, guys that would bring a lot a lot of fan attention to this team. And obviously, you don't really need a whole ton of fan attention when you have a brand-new team because you just that naturally is going to show up. But when you're looking at this, Avery, like, 
you've got an opportunity for this team to go out there and, and obviously a lot of talk about Landis Cog. You can go out there and maybe land a guy like Freddie Anderson, maybe land a guy like Taylor Hall, Dougie Hamilton. This this team has its options. They really do. They really do have their options. And also, too, in this division, remember, we're in the Pacific Division. And really, the only real guarantees for a playoff spot also, too, are Edmonton Vegas. Once you are get, once you get past those two teams, the chance for Vegas to be competitive. And you know what? It would have been cool to see this team go up to Orlando Scog or Terrell Hall. But you know what? There's still so much time for this team before training camp to make a few more moves, to bring in a name. So don't don't just say, don't say quite yet they're not going to bring in a big name. We could see a big name come in a few weeks or in a month or two. So we don't know quite yet, guys. They have trade assets. And while obviously, like that number two pick, if any team's going to trade their pick in the first round, and I shouldn't say in the top 10, I would almost look for it to be Seattle. Because this isn't the strongest draft, but you can still go out there, get there, and get a really good player. There's obviously some good options there. You can pick a guy like William Macklin, Matty Beniers, and one of the many defensemen. But I think that that's an opportunity there. Was like, mm, maybe I also do think that I wouldn't be shocked if Seattle goes out there. Like my prediction in my blog for tomorrow, that Seattle is going to go out there and try to acquire another personal pick to go out there and get Sebastian Kosa, the goaltender, a six foot seven, as he was listed today officially by Hockey Canada, a goaltender who. Truly, there isn't a whole lot that really scares scouts away. A lot of people will say, like, this guy is like Pekka Rene in his prime, which in his prime was pretty good goaltender. So we'll see there. But Nick, got a question for you. It's no side deals with this team, at least not officially announced. But besides something that we heard a lot going on in Vegas, and and depending on who you were reporting on or who was reporting on Twitter, some guys said there'll be no side deals. Some said there'll be quite a few side deals. Were you kind of surprised there was nothing officially announced? Yeah, I was for sure surprised there was nothing officially announced, especially when you look at some of the players that uh, that Seattle left on the table uh, and some of the players they took. You would have to think that uh, there are some side deals coming just to, in order to make sense of those picks. But um, yeah, I mean, I think the thing that I would keep saying, uh, just, just as, as David and uh, Avery said, where I think captains can be such a huge asset having the ability to pivot in whatever direction they want. You know, if they if they choose to, to go after it this year, I don't like David said, they're in a position where they can, uh, you know, weaponize that cap space and use it for themselves. Or if they're having a tough year, like you said, and they want to say, hey, you know what? <laughs> Shane Wright looks like a pretty pretty darn good prize uh, at, at the end of the rainbow. You know, they can they can take on take on you know some cap problem players from other teams or they can you know do whatever so i think they're in a in a good position in that they're really not locked in to any one strategy right now uh you know and they can they can play out the, the ufa period however however ever it goes um but yeah i know i mean i'm certainly i certainly would have expected to see some kind of uh some kind of five year week at this point but, uh, you know, I guess there's a lot of time left in off season. If I can add one thing uh, to that, um, it's I, I was listening to a lot of uh, and reading a lot of George McPhee interviews leading up to this draft. And one of the things that they mentioned was their ability to be flexible. And when the season started, they really didn't know what they had until, you know, they had uh, a couple of wins in overtime to start the season and then they kind of got on a bit of a roll. And it was that that really early start, hot start against really good teams that they started thinking, hey, you know what? Maybe we've got something here. And then you know what? They got they got really lucky where Riley Smith, William Carlson has a 40-plus goal season. Jonathan March is so who is kind of underutilized in Florida and I think Tampa before. Can't remember exactly. 
Um, but those three guys together, you know, that was such a small cap day. And they got perfect chemistry that's still lying to this day. Like, that's just, like, you couldn't ask for better luck by randomly putting three guys together and it just clicking like that. So uh, I think Seattle is going to, you know, try and curb the expectation, kind of go with it, and as Nick pointed out, be flexible with the cap, that if they do need to do things in the season where they realize they're in other Vegas, they can go after it. All right. I just want to give some uh, final thoughts before we log or before we get off for the night. I got to say that it was, it's, you know, it's fun to have another expansion team. Obviously there's been so much talk about who they're going to pick. They finally get that. And now it's getting busy. We're going to get the full season schedule announcement on Thursday, obviously the draft Friday, Saturday. And then we've got, of course, free agency starting next week. Now we're going to go around again. Just kind of final thoughts, David, any. Uh, yeah, I'm really curious to see what the Leafs are going to do, where they kind of lost Jared McCann after picking him up four days ago and, and kind of canceled that event. They still need to figure out some stuff, and I wonder if Seattle plays a role in that as well. So, like, there's still a lot to be uncovered there, and uh, the, mix, the mixing and matching that's going to happen when the rosters unfreeze is going to be very interesting. All right, we also had a guy, uh, Chad, who called you uh, the – I believe it was yeah the guy in the sauna so uh, yeah, yeah. If you're not in a sauna i don't believe <laughs> no it's actually not a sauna it's just like an exercise room at the cottage which just has wood paneling so it's Love the it. cottage like it's the summer so definitely taking advantage but um yeah no like it, it it's it's hot but not not sauna <laughs> So the people listening to this just as a podcast will be completely confused about what we're talking about. Avery, your final thoughts on the day. Uh, I think now for the Oilers, you know, you lose Adam Larson. Who do you go after now to replace him? I'm seeing talk of this team going after Tyson Berry. I, I'm very much in the camp of the guy you want to go after is Dougie Hamilton, not Tyson Berry. Tyson Berry is a guy who you let go somewhere else. Dougie Hamilton is your guy. And my last thought, I love seeing tonight Gary Payton and Sean Kemp. I'm an old school NBA guy, so seeing those two at the draft was fun to see those old guys back there. <laughs> Sean Kemp was having so much fun with that name. I loved it. <laughs> with Jonas Donskoy, it was great. <laughs> but what what was it the name? What how do you pronounce it? Like Don Schooley? Don Schooley, yeah. I think like, like, yeah. like Don Jonas Don Schooley, he said. <laughs> that was that was pretty funny. Nick, to wrap it up, what are your final thoughts? Ah, great jerseys. I really like the jerseys. Logo looks absolutely, uh, it looks great, but it looks enormous on, on those sweaters. Um, yeah, I would kind of echo Avery in that I'm curious to see what Edmonton can do from this point. Uh, it has not been a very good start to the offseason. I think Oilers fans are rightfully panicking a little bit at this point. Uh, if Certainly if I were them, I, I, I don't know that Tyson Berry would be the solution. Uh, to bringing in Duncan Keith and losing Adam Larson, but <laughs> it's an option they're allowed to do, I guess. Um, yeah, no, it's uh, certainly it's going to be very interesting to see uh, this offseason play out because I think it's going to be a very busy period as we as we come up in the next couple of weeks. Uh, and yeah, I mean, seeing the ramifications from this draft and seeing all the you know the, the players who will be moving on from Seattle before uh, before really becoming Kraken. It, it's going to be really interesting to see. 
All right. Well, thank you everyone for tuning into our live show. It's a good audience tonight. A lot of people really passionate about this team, either as a, we're going to win the cup or we, this team's going to come dead last. So I'm excited to see what happens. Of course, everyone expected total disaster for Vegas in year one. Clearly that hasn't been the case at any point yet. We'll see what happens in Seattle. Thank you everyone for listening, watching, however you consumed it and get ready. The next few days are going to be a ton of fun. Honey, honey, won't you buy my disease? There's a thousand different problems that feed into me. I'm aggressive, yes, I guess I'm a bit of a bug, but so what?